Good afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and I'm happy to be with you this afternoon here um, on Vintage Orange where we talk about all things historic. We talk about Orange County history and uh, today my topic is a little bit closer to home. It's a little more uh, Irvine based, Irvine centric and actually really close to where I am right now here on the campus of UC Irvine. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about the history of KUCI, which is kind of interesting for me. My history has gone about one year. I have experience here, and my guest has quite a bit more than that. So I'm really happy today. I have a special guest here um, in studio, and his name is Michael Rosinski. And Michael uh, is, he has a show here on KUCI on Saturday mornings. It's called Concert Preview and Anniversaries. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. So far, so good, Michael. (laughs) It's on at 10 a.m. from 10 to noon. And uh, classical music, which I can't wait to talk to you about that. But Michael has been doing this a little bit longer than me. When was your first show, Michael? January 14th, 1977. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You hold a record. So that's 40 years. 40 years this past Saturday, yes. And that is absolutely incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, there there are too many things that go on ex- continuously for 40 years. And uh, the fact that you've been, you know, this is a volunteer position. Everybody who is here at KUCI is doing this because they have a passion for it. Either they, they love the music, they love what, the topic that they're talking about. But this is this is out of the kindness of your own heart. And I know you enjoy it. You must. Yes, I do. Um, but it is a volunteer position. So I, I thank you for the, for your service, frankly. That's just awesome. 40 years. Thank you very much. Pretty darn cool. I was, um, you know, before I was thinking about this, in 1977, um, I did a little bit of history research myself. And I went back, 1977, so Gerald Ford was our president. For one more week. <laughs> Gerald Ford was, yes, had been the president, yes. And after this inauguration, I will have actually touched upon eight presidents. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, Gerald Ford, yes. And then music uh, this week, actually on January 14th, the top song, do you have any guesses what it might have been? None. Uh, I know, I know. This would stump me me too. Um, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing, Leo Sayer. You remember Mm. that song? Mm. Yes. I do, I do. Well, you know, disco was just about to kind of envelop all of us in 1977, and I looked in, um, I guess Saturday Night Fever actually came out that year. Yes, that I know. Which changed, radically changed music and became a cultural phenomenon in the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. I came out in 1977, and Rocky was the best picture. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to think all of the cultural shifts and changes that have happened while you have been doing this show on KUCI. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Tell me about um, first of all, why? What were you? What brought you to KUCI? And what's your Irvine connection? Well, uh, I was a student here. Mm-hmm. I was an undergraduate music major, and. Uh, graduated with two degrees eventually, um, in both of them in music. And the moment I came to this campus, I, I, my whole family uprooted from New York City, where I was born and raised, and came out to, Cal- to California because we wanted a better life. Mm-hmm. And I had already applied to and was admitted uh, into uh, the university. And when, so I decided to find out different things about it. I was interested in, in 
in writing, and I and I've always been interested in writing. But mm-hmm. then I found out, oh, they have a radio station too. I've got to check <laughs> this out. But like any freshman, I took on too many classes, and so I didn't have time for extracurricular activities. So I went from from one uh, what they used to call orientation meeting. Now it's, now it's called Welcome Week, but yes. it was orientation yes. week. Uh, to to the next to the next until finally in my junior year. I decided it's now or never. I'm going to go through with the training. I'm going to have my own show. Because I've always imagined myself growing up in New York, I was listening to these classical stations uh-huh. and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I could do that if I just got over my fear of, of speaking. Well, um, I've, I did get through the training, but it was too late for fall quarter, so I started in the winter, which is why every winter quarter I celebrate my anniversary. I see, yes. And... Uh, when I came on, uh, apparently my voice was quivering. Oh. <laughs> there, there was a tape that has since been lost of my very first show, and in it, 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 I could, I could hear my my voice go- going like oh, like, like no. this, and and, and then I felt sorry for me. <laughs> I, I said I don't remember being. Oops, I don't remember being that that uh, frightened, but. I guess I was just, I wanted to make sure that everything went well. Yes. And, uh, and I started with the three Bs because that way I could remember if I had a, a first anniversary and a second, I wanted to replicate that, that, that same program. And I've been doing it all, all during these 40 years. Uh, missed two quarters because of a classical music hating general manager. Oh, no. Who couldn't keep classical music off the airwaves but he found a loophole by scheduling it only during graveyard shift and I like to sleep <laughs> during the hours of midnight and 6 a.m. so I said I'm not going to do it and he said then when then you're not going to have anything to do with the station and kicked me off oh no for so creative differences very much so as soon as he, his term was over and everyone had new and positions to fill and so forth. The program director called me back. It was in the summer and said, "Would you uh, like to have your old show back?" So and I said, "Sure." And I've been doing it every quarter ever since. So 158 quarters. Oh my! I I mean I can't even think of all the things, the changes that have happened to me in the last 40 years and where I was. I I can't imagine that you've been doing this that long. The dedication that that takes and you truly your music your show is classical music is the genre yeah. that you have and your dedication and devotion to classical music is uh, obviously intense and uh, so what is it because you were studying it or it was just classical music was what you like to listen to why did you decide to have a classical music show because uh, classical is what what I like to listen to mm-hmm. And a lot of times what they played on the other classical stations at that time, I wasn't interested in. So I said, I'm going to have my own show where I play pieces that I'm interested in. Okay. And uh, also sometimes when I prepare for a concert, uh, I listen to to the, the piece, you know, to, uh, and, and study it, <laughs> which is what I used to do when I was an undergrad. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, 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 community member and then I went back to school for my master's so I was a student again and now I'm I'm an alumnus again well I I, full disclosure I was also a music major um, when I was in college and uh, I was uh, a a voice major and I loved it I loved the studying of the music like you said and classical music is something that is still um, very much 
it's uh, I call it my pacifier. It's what I would play in the car if I need to mellow out. I'll put on you know classical music because it calms me. And uh, in fact, my daughter would always say when she I'd pick her up from school and the classical music would be playing in the car and she'd be like, "Oh, rough day, mom. You know, I guess this was a bad day. Is everything okay?" Because I'd have the classical music cranked in the car. But it is. It's a very. It's a timeless genre. And um, I think what you say studying it. Uh, you get a different appreciation for the background and the, what, how it was constructed and created. Is this what you try to bring to your show? Is that kind of feel? Yes, I, I, I try to have the listener understand why, why this piece? Why was right. it written? What was going on in the composer's lifetime? What was going on in the world at that time? Mm-hmm. And, and it adds, it really enhances one's enjoyment of the music. You may enjoy... Um, uh, a, a Beethoven symphony, for example, just uh, on its own merits. But then when you understand that the the later symphonies were written as he was getting progressively more deaf until he was totally, absolutely deaf and can mm-hmm. only hear in his mind. And yet the, to, to, to see what he produced uh, in that total deafness is just astounding. And, and I also like to come up with uh, humorous anecdotes about composers just to show, hey, they're human too. There was the case of the absent-minded composer who actually left his uh, manuscript uh, on the table of a golf golf store. Um, He he was going golfing with with his friends, and the the director knew who he was, so he called him and he said, first thing he said was, uh, well, you left left your manuscript. Yeah, I know. Uh, When can I pick it up? And then he says, how much is it worth to you? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And the composer said, never mind, you can have it. I still remember it. And, oh. you, and you wrote out the whole thing. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> at that point, well, he was ready to write it out. The, at that point, the director says, N- "Never mind, just come, come by and pick it up. It'll be here for you." So, um, and and other things. Uh, I just in- enjoy, you know, relating anecdotes because uh, again, it makes them seem more human, and and the people uh, go like, "Well, I'm going to have to keep that in mind as I listen to this piece." Well, I think it, you know it's like a lot of what I do here on this show is being history, and and I, we have similar views on that. Is that I feel that history is stories, and the the way you can make it interesting is to make it come alive, and that these things just didn't happen um, years ago and they're done with, but that by telling the story you can actually bring it all back to life again. And so I think that's what it sounds like. What you do is that even though these pieces were written. You know, a century ago, you bring them very much to life by introducing us to the very real people who created them. I, I try to do that without sounding like a, like a, a music professor. And, yeah, and, and the listeners <laughs> we had enough of those, right? Yeah, I mean they make it sound so cut and dried, and I just want you know I I don't speak like uh, I'm doing formal presentation. I speak like like we're having a conversation right now, mm-hmm. like I'm, mm-hmm. and I all and. When I got get excited over a piece of music that I've come across, um, I try to recreate that excitement by by telling the listeners, "Well, no, drop whatever it is you're doing because you got to hear this." Right. So it's like you know, I'm I'm trying to make it sound exciting. To me, it is exciting. Well, you know, sometimes people will feel that classical music, just like history, that this is something that is um, kind of. Uh, 
dead or you know it's it's a genre that's from the past there's nothing new and exciting about it how do you I mean other than the telling of the stories and how do you think you connect with students who are listening today that may not have that background is it really just kind of telling them what they don't what we think they would know maybe they haven't been exposed to do you have any little trick other tricks that you up your sleeves to get them excited about it well I I just uh there's there's a certain approach that I take to my show sometimes I call it compare and contrast hmm. and what I do is if there's a, a more than one version of a piece then basically um, ah. I compare it and I go like this is the way it originally sounded the, the kind of sound that no, nobody hardly anybody knows now and and I somehow find a recording of the original version of something so it's like a cover you yeah. compare the cover to the original and um, so that's a really interesting I, you don't usually think of well of course classical music is used in all kinds of things in marketing and movies and all of that so that's a way to connect people with maybe they've heard a piece and they don't really even know that it is a, a piece of a masterwork. And if I find something that uh, makes it really current, like I would say, uh, now this movement, for example, was actually played at the 2012 Olympic Games in London. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So it's a, even though it was written 100 years before. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was listening. I had um, KUCI on this, or uh, KUSC down this morning, and it was, um, they were playing the, the list piece that was, uh, Rhapsody Rabbit and it was Bugs Bunny's signature music that you know I grew up listening to watching Bugs Bunny cartoons and you Im- immediately recognize this music as, as his kind of theme music but you don't know the actual composer of it and the origin of this music we just think of Bugs Bunny but th- that does make it kind of fun well I mean a lot of the, that music I lis- I listened to for the first time um, by watching these cartoons. Sure. They're very good uh, educators. I mean, you know, too bad they don't make uh, cartoons like that anymore. <laughs> but we uh, um, had what uh, Chuck Jones was in charge of the Bugs Bunny cartoons, and Chuck Jones loved the classics, and he loved opera. And that, there's that one cartoon, What's Opera, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> Where at the end, Bugs Bunny is... is it, a limp Bugs Bunny is carried up the steps by Elmer Fudd. And at the very end, he all of a sudden picks up his head, turns to, to the camera, and he says, what do you expect in an opera? A happy ending? Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love, see, yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be all dry and serious all the yeah. time. It can be funny. It can be very funny. Who's your favorite like composer as far as, you, know, you mentioned Beethoven and his struggles with, with deafness, but who, who do you think had the most interesting story as a composer? You know, Stories. life story or, or maybe something that I wouldn't know, a kind of a surprised I- irony to their life about a composer. Well, th- those are kind of two different questions. I uh, suppose. Well, I threw a couple well, at you. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> the, the one, to answer your, your, your original question, uh, my favorite composers would be uh, Tchaikovsky, Chopin for the piano, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Gershwin. In fact, oh, I, I, love I love Gershwin's music so much, I devoted two years of my 40 years here at KUCI to nothing but his music. Wow. I made it last two solid years. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And why, and why Gershwin? I think, well, first of all, I've, I've, he appeals to me because he's an American composer. Mm-hmm. And I, for many years, one of my show titles was Americana. So I devoted that show to nothing but classical music, either from an American composer or from a non-American composer relating in some way to America. And uh, 
I'm just I just feel like hey I'm proud to be an American and I I want to you know shout it out you know I'm American so anything that has to do with American uh, concept I I try to 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 build up and 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 promote so that's what I I think for at least. 15 years I've done Americana. I think that's been my longest lasting format. I've gone through many different formats, <laughs> uh, as you can imagine. Yeah. The latest one is Concert Preview slash Anniversaries is the way I, I write the title. But uh, who knows wh- how, what I might, may feel next year or, yeah. or the year after. But um, I, American music appeals to me and Gershwin's music is as American as it gets. I agree. I agree. Well, 40 years is a long time, as we said, and, and I keep thinking, you know, a lot of changes, even even in technology and in changes to this station. Tell me about your first day on air or your first show. What time was your show on? Did you get one of those middle of the night show no, shifts? No, because, or? because it was classical, they, they, were, okay. they were nice to me. And <laughs> Lucky. It, it's, uh, I had... I had to engineer three hours from 9 a.m. to noon on Fridays. Oh, wow. And my, the first two hours were devoted to a show of whatever I wanted to do. Then the final hour, we had half an hour. There were both public affairs programs. And half an hour was called Moscow Radio. Or Radio Moscow. It was always backwards. And it was on reel-to-reel tapes. Can you uh, imagine that? Oh, <laughs> yes, I can. And then the f- second half hour was back to vinyl, and it was called uh, Radio Canada. And it were albums that we had gotten from Radio Canada International, and I had to play one every week um, oh after my, my show. And then... Uh, and then came the newscast after my show. They had we had noon news, and I thought to myself, one of these days, I'd like to to relay the news. I don't. I never got around to it though. <laughs> but we were in the Gateway Commons building, which is now a study hall. It used to be an eatery. Oh, that's okay. As we go for your lunch and so forth, and we were on the third floor. All right. And uh, at that time, the administration built. Well, it was called administration, and then they changed it to Aldrich. Uh, oh, okay. Aldrich Hall mm-hmm. was 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 uh, in the planning stages, and it was being built. It was, I think, it, it opened actually. It, it, yeah, I'm thinking about my freshman year. I have to tell you a story about yeah. about one of the orientations that I attended. Sure. Um, uh, it involved uh, a DJ who is now back at KUCI, but he was gone for a number of years. Matt Kaplan, mm-hmm. and at that time. Uh, th- there were like two two different um, elections going on, and so two different general managers were elected, and Matt was one of them, and the other one shall remain nameless. <laughs> okay. And they de- they decided, why don't we just uh, you know uh, pull our resources together and just be uh, co general managers? So they were known as the two headed general manager. <laughs> and at that orientation, that's when I first saw Matt. And he was like dressed in a very formal, dark business suit, three-piece suit, tie, and looking like the ultra-professional. And then the other guy comes in, dressed only in strategically placed pots in the front and in the back, nothing else. Oh my. (laughs) And I'm thinking, what am I getting myself into? (laughs) This is the way KUCI is being run. And the funniest thing was I was behind this one woman, whether she had, I don't know why she would said what she said, but at, at that point she said, like, oh no, the wedding's off. <laughs> I'm thinking, is that his fiance <laughs> witnessing this? 
And of course, you know, this was like the wild times. Uh, we're talking about the 70s. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> well, this is streakers, right? Yeah. It's happening. This is, and- yeah, it happened just like... Uh, in fact, the year of the streaker. Okay, well, uh, sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like he was all ready to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the changes in this in the station itself, the technology. You were mm-hmm. reel to reel tapes and everything. I laugh here because um, the computer files, which are you know the computer that we play different sound bites, they call them a cart file. Mm-hmm. But I remember because I worked at a radio station too when I was in college, WPGU in Champaign, Illinois, and uh, we actually had physical carts. They were cartridges. We used to do, we used to also. Oh, have, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had to actually, kind of like eight tracks. You'd yes. load them in the machine yes. and yes. then you'd take them out and you'd record everything on these carts and then I would help file them and, and you know, mm-hmm. put them in like a library and then I'd carry them to the DJ and stuff when I was a little grunt there working and, and uh, but that's what when I came here and they taught me about the cart file on the computer, I'm like, mm. well, wait, no, they were really carts. They really were carts, <laughs> yes. I would put, put in a tape and then half the time it'd be like, come on, why aren't you speaking now? <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're getting to the, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And I, and I really have enjoyed this. I appreciate you coming in because I think um, what better than talking about KUCI and, and history is to have our very own history, Michael Rosinski, and, and here with me. But what do you think, you know, KUCI has been here a long time. Um, what do you think the secret is? Why, why do you think there still is this strong connection with the campus radio? Uh, my strong connection? Or, well, or just in general, I think, why do you feel that KUCI is still kind of because we're one of the functioning? We're one of the last uh, uh, examples of live radio. Because, mm. you know, as radio get, gets more and more uh, automated and, and, and electronic and all that, and very, very impersonal. Yeah. You can make it personal, you know, the live radio, no, no one comes in and, and shoves a tape in um, and, and, and le- leaves it at that. I mean... I try not to be too modern. I don't. I don't have MP3s, and I don't bring in my my, my laptop and anything. I, I I still use you still do your vinyl, vinyl, my vinyl, yeah. and and some CDs. With I never thought I'd see the day when CDs would be considered passe. I know, right? <laughs> and then vinyl comes back. It's hits hip again. Yes, it is. Yes, because enough people just say, you know, I miss vinyl. Yeah. And then the younger people are taking to it. Sure. Oh, yeah. And there's a different sound. There's an absolute different sound. Yes. Yes. And uh, no, it's wonderful to see that coming back around because it's not for practical reasons. Mm. It's because of it's a sound reason. And it's, I think, a love of of history, you know, to have to go back and kind of hear those original recordings as the way they were supposed to be heard. Yeah. You you don't want the the recordings to sound ultra perfect. No. uh, Because performances. Yeah. yeah, Performances are not ultra perfect. Very True, very true. Well, Michael Rosinski, your show is Concert Preview Anniversaries. It's on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon, and um, I will be tuning in. I, I will definitely be doing because I'm a fan and uh, I love that you are still playing classical music here. I mean, classical music must always be on the radio yes. because yes. it's it's something that, in fact, more now than ever, I think, because as each generation goes along, that everybody needs to understand that a lot there's a strong connection. And I think musically, theoretically, it's it's very connected to music. If you're a music lover of music now, mm-hmm. you'll like you can mm-hmm. like classical music music as well you just yeah. gotta listen to you michael you'll show them how yes i, I, I try my best <laughs> and you'll get them all excited
excited about it. What's your favorite local concert venue? Where do you like to go to hear concerts? Um, I like the what used to be called the Orange County Performing Arts Center, mm-hmm. and now it's called the it's part of the Segerstrom Center for the Arts. It's the old Segerstrom Hall. Okay, me too. Um, um, I like the acoustics in the new hall, but the fact that it looks so. It, it looks too modern. There's yeah. no curtain there, and people could, from the audience could be in the back of the stage, looking oh. over the shoulders of the. And I'm thinking that's not the way it should be. Yeah. Um, and I like the look of the Irvine Barclay. I mean, mm-hmm. they make it look so clean and new, even after being in in business for o- over 20 years. And wonderful acoustics in there and as well. I yes, think. yes, definitely. Well, we're very fortunate. We, you know, I agree with you. Live music is is the best, and because it's all about that vibration, and it, you know, that's what music is. Yes, and, and you got to keep classical music alive here at KUCI. I agree. Well, you're preaching to the choir, Michael, because I <laughs> completely agree with you, and thank. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in on your not day, you know, your Saturdays or your day, um, but coming in on a Wednesday afternoon to speak with me here on Vintage Orange. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure being here. And here's to 40 more years. Oh, if I could (laughs) only be so lucky. Uh, Someone asked me once, um, when are you going to uh, retire from radio? Uh, I said, well, first of all, ask me why am am I doing it? Because it's fun. Yes. And when am I going to quit? when it stops being fun. Well, I hope you continue to have fun I, uh, for a long time to come. And thank you so much for your dedication and what you do. And I'll be listening on Saturday. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Ellen. My pleasure. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in today for Vintage Orange. Um, this is Ellen Bell. And I've really en- enjoyed another. Very quick. It just flies by these 30 minutes. You have a whole two hours. I just have 30 minutes. I got to talk real fast. But thank you for listening. And I will see you next week with more Orange County history on Vintage Orange. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM.